I'm Kyle Catchadorian. And you're listening to another episode of The Accessible Stall. What are we going to talk about today, Emily? Confronting ableism in public. So you mean we're not going to talk about any pop stars or anything? No, we are not going to get into the Lizzo conversation because the internet already got into the Lizzo conversation. So instead, we're going to talk about something else because we know our places. You know what? That's great. We should do that. But first, can I offer you a story? It's story time on the accessible stalls? You know it. Story time seven, baby. Uh, so I am disabled. I know this might come as a shock to, to some of you. I Hold on. Can we process that together for a second? Yeah. Hold space for each other, baby, because strap in. Um, wow. And my girlfriend is also disabled. Uh, she oh, is my blind. God. I know. It's a, really, this is too much. It's a circus. Um, today, we wanted to clean our fish tank because we're leaving for a while. And we, the people that are feeding, we didn't want them to think that we were barbarians. So we cleaned the fish tank. Um, <laughs> and uh, the way that you do that is you take some water out of the fish tank to put the stuff in your fish tank in the water so that everything just stays in balance. And um, I accidentally scooped out a fish, which um, made me have a spasm. Now, you might know that people with cerebral palsy have spasms. You might not know that I don't. I mean, I do sometimes, but they're very rare. And one of the ways that I have them, in fact, I think the only way that I really have them is I get startled. And I don't know what it was so surprising to me about seeing a fish in and around and near a fish tank in a fish tank full of water, mind you. In fact, not only did it startle me for no good reason, I actually warned Courtney that this might happen. I was like, you know, sometimes they crawl in the cup and I can't ever catch them in the net. But sometimes, when I, <laughs> you know, I did that whole thing. And then I poured out some water into this big bowl that we had set up for the situation. And there was a big slimy thing in it. And it freaked me the f- out. And I mean, like, to my core, I felt it in my chest. Like, just thinking about it is getting me nervous again, <laughs> which is so silly because it's a fish in a fish tank. I cannot stress enough how normal that is. Fish dad is having some problems here. If it was like a lion, you know, yeah, you'd be surprised. <laughs> but anyway, I I fall backwards into my patio door. I catch myself. I don't actually hit the ground, which for people with CP, that doesn't count as a fall. Okay. We've all done that. But in the process, I've knocked over her plant. Now, normally it's just the plant. Okay. But she has, she doesn't have a green thumb. She's got like a black thumb. She can look at a plant and it dies. This was the first time she's ever planted something that didn't immediately die. And not only does it, did it not immediately die? Today was the day it sprouted. So I knock over this plant and I'm in pain because I caught myself and there's my muscles are twitching and I'm cursing and I'm like, oh, my God. And um, all she can think about is that I knocked over her plant that she just spent several days trying to cultivate, like praying to every God that it wouldn't die. And here I am stepping I mean, on it. Now, how dare you murder how her dare plant, I, baby? No, you're absolutely right. So then she's yelling at me and I'm apologizing, <laughs> you know, and. I'm not even thinking about and, and meanwhile, like, but by the way, the fish is in the bowl, very nervous because I just ruined its day. Like I took it out of its house and I put it in a much smaller house with no food. Um, 
Anyway, so after we stop freaking out, apologize to each other, sit down and clean up, um, we put the fish back and we started the whole thing over again and it was fine and the plant's fine and the fish is fine and I'm fine and she's fine and everything's fine. But um, I don't think I've ever been more reminded so quickly that I was disabled before. And I don't know why on God's green flat earth I was scared by a fish in a fish tank. That is where they go. But that's my story. And I just wanted to share that with you. You know, I said that I was going to talk about confronting ableism or that we were going to talk about confronting ableism. But I think we might need to like psychologically break down what happened to you. (laughs) It was completely ridiculous. Of course, there's fish in the fish tank. What do you mean? Why am I surprised by that? It was like the silliest thing, you know, it's like, oh, there's animals at a zoo. Like, I don't know. Like there's. To be fair. Yeah. Yes, there are animals at a zoo. But if I was at the zoo and an animal caught me off guard because it wasn't where it was supposed to be, it would freak me out. You're being very charitable to me and I love you for that. But 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 you're also completely 100% correct. Like that's what because I was not expecting to catch a fish in the cup, even though I already gave my spiel. I was like, sometimes this happens. And that's true. But here's the thing. This was the first time it's ever happened. Like I was doing the airplane safety lecture, not knowing that this would be the day that like something's going to happen. You should never get a dangerous pet then like a snake or a tarantula, because if that gets out and you see it, you will just startle yourself to death. You're right. And I like snakes. I I, I nope. don't. I like nope. tarantulas, but I would never keep one as a pet because I would forget that it's my pet. <laughs> like, it's truly. I'd just be like, oh, I'm going to kill it. <laughs> I, I really would. Like, I know myself. Snakes are cool, but uh, not for me. I don't mind a tarantula, but snakes are where I draw the line. Yeah, I know. Emily hates snakes. And that like it's serious. Yeah. Don't 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 like show her snakes. It's not funny. It I mean it, it's a little funny, but it's not funny. It's yeah. not funny to me. Yeah. It's one of the meanest things you can do to one me. One time well, I showed her tonight. One one time I showed her a cute snake like in a sweater and um I had to like warn her like five times this is serious that like it wasn't scary. And like you you didn't hate it, but like it took all that convincing and at the end of it you were just like, Yeah, okay. Like, it wasn't cute to you. But you really were very serious. You were like, can I show you this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I promise it's cute. Yeah, well, because it's, you know, (laughs) I, 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 yeah. Uh, Anyway, confronting ableism. Oh, yeah. So now I guess it's my turn for story time because I was the one who was like, let's do this episode. So I have had a couple of things happen to me in the past few weeks, I guess, that have made me think about what it means to actively confront ableism as it's happening to you. So not confront necessarily just an encounter, although I want to talk about that too, but what happens when you're hit with it in the moment, it's in person, in real life, and how do you react on the fly? So I've been thinking about that a lot and The first thing that got me thinking about it was I had to go to the pharmacy to pick up a couple of things. And when I came out, I was 
heading to my car and I saw that there was a guy parked in the blue lines next to my van and was blocking me from getting in the van. So I had no choice because he was literally just making a move to get out of his car and go inside. So I had to make that split second, like either I sit there and wait and don't get into my car or I say, dude, you can't park there. That's not legal. Please move your car because you're blocking me. So obviously I was like, dude, you can't park there. You know, I said it nicely, but firmly. And he was so confused and frazzled and like did not know what to do with the fact that someone just told him that he was parked illegally. He got back into his car and he started trying to like get out of my way and drove straight up onto the curb. I just, he, I've never seen someone so frazzled, just full on onto the curb. Like, it's really weird. And then he was just seemingly having trouble, like, getting his bearings and getting himself into one of the multitude of available regular parking spots in the parking lot. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I, I mean, to you, it's not funny, but to me, it's funny. No, it is funny. Like there are like 30 spots and you choose the one that's the closest to the store because of course you do. But like, why don't you choose the one, the second nearest one that's not for people in wheelchairs or who use wheelchairs? Like just walk an extra two feet. You can. You can't. I don't understand. I don't. But anyway, that was one of those moments where... It was a little bit of an adrenaline rush for me because I don't like confronting anything in public. And the fact that I literally caught this guy in the act of the illegal parking, very uncomfortable. Did you feel outside yourself? Yeah, I was just like, oh my God, we need to get in the car. We need to get home. We need to act, like say something. And so I was like having this like split second pep talk with myself And the other thing, too, was I had gone for blood work and I was really hungry because I was fasting. And so I was a little like disoriented. I know people are going to be like, what are you driving for? No, I was fine. Like it was just down the street. But um, it was more like, oh, my God, I don't want to deal with this right now. I just want to get home and eat something. (laughs) And so I I did it. I said something. But. Then I wanted to kind of, I don't know if comparison is the right word, but something else came up recently. I was at an event and I had just given an entire speech on why disability is not inspirational. It's not inspiring to have a disability. And somebody came up to me afterwards and said something about how one of their family members has a limb difference and doesn't even consider herself disabled. And this woman doesn't even see disability and just like going on and on about how, you know, disability shouldn't stop you. And like, I don't even notice disabilities anymore. And in that moment I was like, do I say something? And my parents were looking at me like, are you going to say something? But I didn't say something. And um, I think it was just because I don't like confrontation, despite the fact that this is like my whole jam is advocacy. 
I don't know what to do with any of this. So, like, you tell me. I think that it, yeah, it's time and place. Like, in your first example, you had to go home or somewhere and you had to do it immediately. In your second example, you just gave a speech or something. You were doing something. The something was already done. And the only thing that was like a consequence of someone saying that to you is that they clearly didn't listen to anything you said. It's not the end of the world, although it's super annoying. So I, I kind of get it. No, I do get it. But I also feel your feelings because like I got frustrated just listening to that and it didn't even happen to me. Um, but yeah. then I went home and I was like, am I a bad advocate? Because I was literally presented with the ableism that I'm fighting against and I'm over here like, I'm just going to let it ride. You got to pick your battles, if I may quote two podcasters. Who said that? We did. Can you believe it? <gasps> wow, all we're way, so smart. All, all, all the way back in 2016. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's weird when just when you're confronting ableism. It's just strange. Because like, oh, go ahead. I feel like. Yes, this is probably pick your battles part like 27 with us because we're always talking about that. But for me, there's also a fear that I want to talk about too. What's that? Sometimes I just get afraid of how people are going to react. Oh, 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 yeah. No, that's valid. And I don't trust people. So, you know, for example, I was out with my mom and a friend of ours and all three of us are cherry users and we were all coming out of the cheesecake factory and someone held the door for us and made some joke about like the train coming through. And I very audibly, cause I was just irritated was like, Oh, I've never heard that before. And you know, but and then I thought about it and I was like, he could get nasty. He could get mean. Like people don't like it when you don't find their ableist jokes funny. I feel like that's like the the, the wheelchair user equivalent of like a cashier. Like, oh, it doesn't scan. That means it's free, right? <laughs> they um, must be so sick of hearing that. Yes. Yeah, oh man. Um, so I get scared sometimes. Like I, I don't know what's gonna happen to me. This world is kind of bonkers. Yeah. But when we were talking about this before, you also mentioned, because when I said confronting ableism, you were like, oh, yeah, encountering, encountering it. So, like, what's your story? Well, I realize now that encounter is a different word than confront, actually. I just realized that for the first time today. Whoa, dictionary Uh, lesson. Anyway, but I, uh, Emily and I were talking and I was, I I gave her the story of uh, one day my girlfriend and I were on our local college campus. And uh, we live in Seattle, which has uh, a homelessness problem. And there are homeless people in lots of public places here. And um, for whatever reason, she wanted to take the scenic route, which in that path was a homeless guy. And he had, it was him and his things. And the space that we were walking in couldn't have been more than like two and a half feet wide. We were walking down a ramp. You know, you know the kind of ramps that like turn. Yeah, like they have a sharp turn yeah. in them. 
Yeah. Actually, now that I'm saying this out loud to you, I'm realizing that if you were with us, you would have had to say something to that guy. Um, but uh, he saw us and he saw her and her white cane and he not only got out of our way, but he pointed uh, to where the things are and explained where they were. He was covering all his bases. He was like, okay, it's there and that's to your left. And it was just very nice. And, you know, we thanked him and we were on our way. But um, the fun thing about that is that it's happened to us together like more than once. One time we were at a Target and a and a different homeless guy on our block uh, had a bike in front of him and he saw us and he was like, hey, um, make sure you tell her to watch out for that bike. Now, I know that she can hear and he probably does, too. I don't know why he said it that way, but we <laughs> we both thanked him for it. And it was kind of a nice thing to do, despite the fact that he assumed that she couldn't hear either. But that's the kind of thing that we or that I notice when we're together. And I always say something like people here are so nice. And she's like, no, no, they're not. That's just because I'm here with you. And that's probably true. So it's like it, you're saying that it's rooted in ableist assumptions, but they're overall being kind. Yes. Yes. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. I have two stories exactly like that. Yeah. Um, so the first one, <clears throat> I was at one of my favorite places in the world. It's a marina a few towns over from me. And there's a boardwalk and it's, there's water and it's beautiful, gorgeous. Minding my own business. I was with my best friend and her brother. And a woman walks by us and goes, you guys should really be on the other side of her so she doesn't fall into the water. Because I was the one closest to the edge of the, the boardwalk. That's sweet. That's I mean, I get it because like. <laughs> I was like. My dude, <laughs> really. And then the other one was um, a homeless gentleman who was somewhere in New York City, I can't remember, um, but there was a massive crack in the road coming up and he called out to me to watch out for it so that I wouldn't go over it. And quite honestly, I gave him some money and some food from my bag because on the one hand, I was like, this is kind of ableist because like I see it, I get it. I think he might have actually told um, my then boyfriend. Ooh, spoiler alert, I'm single. Um she's ready to mingle. She's she's 30, flirty and thriving and now I can oh, say that about her. Shut up. Ugh. I'll be 31 in a month. So then it won't count anymore. No, I'm not having a birthday. I changed my mind. You'll We're be 31 and 30 done. I have no I'm words I'm that. I'm turning 31 too, okay? So whatever yeah, you I feel know. before yeah. me too. Yeah, I know. Um Kyle and I, our birthdays are, what, like two weeks apart? Yes, it's so beautiful. Anyway, yeah, I know I just dropped the single bomb. Not the point of this episode. The point of this episode is that I was with my ex and he, this homeless gentleman had warned both of us about the crack in the road. And I was like, my guy, I see it. But also thank you for looking out. I appreciate you. Long time ago, I was with my then girlfriend on Flushing Main Street and it was in the middle of summer no it had to have been winter and some we were crossing the street and some lady like yells out to us careful there's black ice and we just scoffed at her because like why wouldn't we see it and also there was no black ice uh, but then we stepped in the road and there was in fact 
a lot of black ice. Did and both I, of you fall? No, neither of us did. But we were both like, maybe next time it happens to us, we should actually like listen and be kind. And that's why like I that's why I act this way now. Cause I like that's a core memory of when like I was mean to someone who I thought was being mean to me, but they were actually like super looking out for something that I really didn't see. I feel like this is a whole topic unto itself. I mean, it's one thing when people are like doing something not legal and or being able as jerks. And it's another thing when it's technically rooted in ableism, but it's actually really coming from a good place. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's very weird. Actually, you made me think of another topic just earlier. I'm going to say this now so I don't forget it, but let us know wait, if you're listening. Wait, wait, let's share a word from today's episode sponsor first, and then you can tell me. Cool event alert. The Engineering Health Lab at the Kite Research Institute at the University Health Network is hosting a virtual conference on national parks accessibility in Canada. This free event is happening August 23rd through 25th, 2022. Creating an accessible event is important to them, so they're considering the access needs of their attendees throughout all steps of their planning process. Visit their website to register or to submit an application to be a speaker at parksaccessibilityconference.ca. They look forward to seeing you all there. You mentioned in your first story that there was so in, in your story about the speech you gave that the person who doesn't see disability knows someone with a limb difference that doesn't consider themselves disabled. And I know a couple people with limb differences that also don't. And I know some deaf people that don't. And I know some, I, there are various people that I know that have objective disabilities that do not consider themselves disabled. And I think that that's interesting because I go through phases myself. I'm like, man, am I disabled or do I just have CP? Like, it, it, you know what I mean? Like I do that myself, but I go back and forth. Uh, the people I'm talking about don't. And I find them very, very interesting. You know, I, I just was like, I want to, if you're one of them, email us. I just, I want to talk about it. Wow. I need you to like hold every thought you have because I have so many thoughts, but if we start doing it, then it's going to be like one episode and then listen to the ad and then another episode. And you know, do you know what I mean? Like two different episodes. That's so spot on though. Um, because I, that's rooted in, I think a little bit of internalized ableism is rooted in kind of self-perception. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. Um, no, but it, exa- <laughs> but, it, but it goes back to what we were talking to, right? Because you, when you're a disabled person, in, in case you're listening to this and you're able-bodied or non-disabled, you confront ableism every day whether you like it or not. I mean, it's just something that happens. Now, do you mean confront as an encounter? Yeah, we, I do. Sorry. I words clear here? No, I am. Yeah, I, it's not splitting hairs. <laughs> I do mean encounter. And so if you're somebody that doesn't identify that way, do you still encounter it in the same way that we do? Yes. Okay. So here's actually something I was literally just thinking about. So I was reading something and giving some feedback on it. And one of the things that I always look for when there's any conversation about different types of stigma and stereotype, naming all the isms, naming all the phobias, is did you mention ableism? And the thing that I was reading did not mention ableism. So I left a comment in my feedback saying, hey, ableism is extremely pervasive and I'd really like to see it added here as a form of discrimination that we will not tolerate specifically and explicitly. And 
I felt like I wanted to kind of give some explanation and justification, even though I shouldn't have to. But what I said was that ableism is not just something that affects disabled people. If somebody has a perception of you as somehow being disabled, whether it's based on the stigma or the stereotypes that they hold about disability, or they're misunderstanding something about you, or they're just using harmful disability-related language against you, even if you don't have a disability, you can still be subjected to ableism. And I think that's what people don't realize is that ableism is not like this niche thing. Anyone can be affected by it. And yes, disabled people are obviously the most affected by it, but it also affects non-disabled people. Yep. You know, it, it's similar to how misogyny affects men, you know, sexism affects men. Homophobia affects straight people, especially straight men. That's where a lot of toxic masculinity comes from. You know, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. But no, but like, we'll say that. And it sounds obvious to you, listener, who's, you know, woke like we are, quote unquote. But with ableism, it really is, you know, you kind of need to approach it with like with like a gentle touch because a lot of people just straight up don't realize. I mean, I didn't for like the longest time, you know, like it, it it's not just it happens to us, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I was full of ableist ideas before I really got into any advocacy spaces. I always use the example about how when I was growing up and I'm sure I probably said this on the podcast at some point or another, but my, like all of the adults in my life would send the message like, oh, well, your legs don't work, but your mind is fine. And so then I would like try to tell everyone like, oh, my brain works just fine. Like, see, I talk so well. And, you know, like, I didn't know that was ableist. Um, I'm not giving people like passes for ableism. I'm saying like you can learn and you can do better. But I think like I didn't understand that that was ableism. That's what they told my parents when I was born. You know, oh, don't worry. He might not be able to walk, but at least he'll be smart or something like that. And it's like, that doesn't really like I I know what you're saying. (laughs) And yes, it was 30 years ago. Okay, times change. Okay, maybe that was an acceptable thing to say back then. But in retrospect, boy, it really doesn't mean what you think it does. (laughs) Like Exactly. Exactly. But. I feel like that is such a common example of ableism and, again, people being, like, very well-meaning when they're actually being very ableist. Yeah. I struggle with that. I think we all do. If you call somebody out for their ableism, but they were being well-meaning, it rarely goes over well. But I see, would you? Because I, I wouldn't. I, I would never. Because like that to me, I'm not judging you if your answer is yes, by the way. But like that to me is a losing battle. To me, that's like they did a nice thing. They might have done it for a wrong reason, but I'd rather them do a good thing for the wrong reason than like a bad thing for a reason they think is good. So I, I oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. No, I that because I was just gonna say like, I f- it feels like that's still a net positive, but I don't actually. I mean, I, who knows? Well, see, this is 
bringing me back to my earlier story about the woman who was like, I don't even see disability because she meant it as a positive. And so there was this part of me, and again, this is me like making non-disabled people comfortable, who was like, she really means that to be nice. And I always say when I was younger, like the best compliment that you could give me was like, oh, I don't see you as disabled or I forgot that you were in a wheelchair. And now I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't see color. Disabled. Yeah. Like I hate, don't say that. You know what I mean? Like, don't say that. Don't say you don't see color. Don't say you don't see disability. Don't say that because the irony is if, if you truly didn't see disability or color or whatever, you wouldn't need to say that you didn't see it. Like Exactly. Exactly. But like when I was little, it was so ingrained in me that like that was a good thing and people weren't supposed to acknowledge it. And so now I think that people who are like, oh, yeah, this is a good thing that I don't see disability. Like, look how evolved I am. I don't even see your disability. I just see you as a person without it. And I'm like, oh, God, I really want to tell her that that's like not cool but also i know she's trying to be nice yeah i mean i maybe i'm a bit cynical but like i mean i wouldn't confront them in that moment at that place but like in a different setting i might explain to them why that's effed up because like that would be nice if we lived in a utopia where systemic issues didn't exist but because we don't it's actually what you're saying is like i either don't know about them and i'm ignorant to them or i do know about them and i don't care about them Neither are good. So, like, despite being well-intentioned. So, for this particular woman, um, she was someone's uh, personal care attendant. Yeah. So well, okay. That but added, like, like, a whole layer of new Yeah, how could you? Okay, but, all right. It's a different, not for this episode, but I think you could tell by the look <laughs> on my face what I think of that. <laughs> yeah. In case you're wondering, Kyle's face was like, uh, okay, but you're literally working with a disabled person. It's like you can read my mind. How did you know that? Is it Uh, because it's obvious? (laughs) There's just so many layers to this. There's so many layers to everything that we talk about and everything with disability. But this one, I have never really figured out the right answer to because, you know, there's so many sides to this. There's the well-meaning people. There's the people who are just being complete jerks. There are the people who I'm actually kind of afraid of and don't want to say anything to. Like, I think about the time that my mom and I were just rolling through a parking lot and this guy slowed down in his truck. Oh, God. Start making comments to us about um, who was going to win the race or whatever. Um separate story from another story that I know I've told in an earlier episode about a guy who also did that to us um, because people love doing that to us. And my mom and I were just like, ha 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 because literally he was like this hulking old white dude. And I was just like, I don't know what he's going to do to us if we don't find him funny. And I know someone, someone's going to get mad at me for saying that, but I don't care because I'm afraid of everyone. Yeah, I was going to say, that could have been anyone, it, it, really. Um, you know what you should do? This is a horrible idea, and you really shouldn't do this, but it, it was funny to me when I thought about it, so you should totally do it. You should get a tattoo of a tally mark every time somebody... 
Oh my god, yes. Tells that joke, and like you should start on like your shoulder and like work your way down. And I bet you'd be down to your tip of your middle finger in like six months. Sooner. I I love that for me. <laughs> and if I was willing to turn my body into an art project, I would totally do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. Someone should do it. Um, I am planning on getting a new tattoo soon, though. So, you know. I should get one. Do it. I should get one. I like them too much. You should get a tattoo. Yeah, I know. I just. I... <gasps> Maybe I'll get one while I'm out visiting you. Oh, well, if you're doing that, then like I have to do it. <laughs> like there's just let's, no. Let's plan this one offline. No, you know Ooh. what? Oh, let's take a poll. Everyone tell us what tattoos we should get. There is no limits to the things you can suggest, but there are extreme limits to the things we will consider. Yep. Literally will not <laughs> promise anything. You know those YouTubers who are like, if I get one million views on this video, I'll get a tattoo of like Donald Trump's face on my forehead. Don't do that. Do you have any final takeaways? I feel like this is like one of the more thought-provoking storytime episodes we've ever done. Like usually our storytime episodes are just that. But this one, I think we actually gave our listeners something to think about. Yeah, my final takeaway is sometimes you will find fish in water. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not actually. Oh, if looks could kill. <laughs> He's giving me such a face. I'm not sorry. I don't have anything to follow that up with. So I will just say, if you want to support the accessible stall, you can do so at patreon.com slash the accessible stall. Just $1 a month ensures that all current and future episodes of the accessible stall remain accessible and all fish stay in their respective tanks. Thank you for considering us. And might we say you look great today you look in your so fish bowl. We're looking at you through the fishbowl. Good night, everybody. We love you. Bye.